0: Hey, this is Damien O'Darty with Center Maryland's The Lobby. We're excited, really blessed today to have uh, two of the most influential voices you can find in county government, not just in Maryland, but all across the country. We have Anne Arundel County Executive Stuart Pittman. Welcome, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Damien. it's fun to be here. And then we also have a, a legendary, epic colleague of yours, uh, somebody who trains county executives all over the country. There uh, at the University of Maryland, our former Prince George's County executive who turned that county into a role model of economic development, uh, Rashern Baker. Welcome,
1: uh, David. Always good here to be to be here with you, and uh, looking forward to talk with my good friend uh, County Executive Pittman.
0: Let's get right into it, right, uh, right to your priorities, uh, County Executive Pittman. Um, you're looking to the state for what looks like a little more flexibility about how you capture revenue at the local level. Am I am I getting that right? Or t- I'd love to hear about your priority when it comes to, uh, you know, setting a more progressive tone and taxation at the local level. Yeah. yeah,
2: you know, I, I I came in as an outsider and I I had to do a budget, of course, <laughs> and and uh, you know we looked at we looked at the needs and we looked at the revenue sources and I was kind of surprised to find out that that the income tax for counties is required to be at a flat rate. So you know Anne Arundel is a little lower than the most essential Maryland. We're at two point eight. The the cap is three two, but. But you know, federal income tax is progressive, higher rate for higher income folks, and state income tax is progressive. And it used to be until 1999 the county income tax was piggybacked on the state rate, so that was also pr- progressive. But they switched it on us, and and now you know, here we were right after the Trump tax cut of 2017 that primarily went to the wealthiest. Uh, now we're we're you know at the hopefully the far end of a pandemic that's hurt the low income people the most and folks in the stock market have done pretty well and it it frustrates me that we have to tax our lowest income residents the income tax at the same rate as the highest income so we we've gone to the state and asked for the local authority to be able to create progressive brackets
0: so really you you're you're taking on what i would call that the Warren Buffett postulate when he says that his uh, that if the tax policy isn't right, sometimes his secretary can end up playing a higher marginal rate than he does on some occasions.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's you know historically it's the thing that that politicians are scared to talk about. and that's frustrated me. you know, I was in business and you, you got to look at the revenue side as well as the expense side of the budget to make sense of it. And I think that you know the taxpayers, the voters are smart enough to have that conversation and and so we're having that conversation.
0: So all that is required is a change of the state law by the state legislature for the local government. It's not all local government; it's just yours. No, it's all. It's, it's all. interesting. Interesting because we brought this forward last year and
2: and uh, we called it the uh, Tax Relief for Working Families Act uh, because you can provide relief for working families through this. And and uh, we actually got it passed by the House, and then uh, it was on the Senate side, and they closed early, so it didn't it didn't get there, but. Um it's been brought back this year. Um, Senator Rosepep on the Senate side and Julie Polakovich Carr on the uh on the House side. And um, and the prospects are pretty good. We're in better shape this year than last because this year, unlike last year, we got the Maryland Association of Counties to support it.
0: That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Uh County Executive Baker, you've been in this conversation in Annapolis at the state house level. Then you went on and and did it at uh At the county level, how difficult is it to have that sort of value for taxation conversation? I mean, you guys are putting it in to no uncertain terms about how this uh, can be pulled down by a local government, actualized, and they can make their, their tax rate more progressive but it's just so hard to have an honest conversation about what money comes in and what money comes out at the local level. I'd love to hear your
1: experience about forcing that conversation. Exactly. And I, and I love the way you phrased the question, Damian, that it's, that's, I've seen it from both sides. You know, I was in Annapolis as a delegate and serving on uh, the appropriations committee. I was there when we changed the, um, you know, the tax laws. Um, what it did was, but I didn't truly understand it, like County Executive Pittman said, you don't really understand what the changes in the law mean. It's not just about taxes. It's about who has the authority to raise or lower your taxes and the tools that 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 applies. I really didn't understand until I became County Executive. And you know the story about Prince George's County in 2010. We were in an economic uh, downfall. We had corruption. We had all of these things. And when I went to the tools to help us out, I found out in my quiver I had less tools to work with. Why? Because I couldn't play around at all with the income tax. So I had to tax a county that is fairly wealthy, but also has pockets of poverty. The same. So if we needed more revenues to deal with the fact that we had this housing crisis, I didn't. I had very few options. Well, the state and the federal government have many options. So I was left going to the state and saying, Hey, I need help with these areas. And I'm willing because that in in my budget for the first uh, three years as County executive, I cut the budget by 5% in every agency except for education and public safety. That's every agency. That's a huge cut in a County um, like ours because we didn't have the tools So what County executive Pittman is doing. And I, You know, I I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. Um, I wish I had done this so he didn't have to do it when I was county executive and fight this fight. But this is really about when you break it down, it's about giving the local jurisdiction that understands it the most, the ability to do what the state and federal government uh, does. And so what I say to people just to close out is what I say to folks is, especially my Republican friends who are like, oh, no, this is about raising taxes. I said, no, no, it's about your argument. You believe in local control. This is about local control. It doesn't automatically raise the income tax at the local level. It gives the county executive and the county council, the people who are are closest to the people, who have to answer to the people who, who, where the folks, their constituents know where they live and knock on their door like they did me, the ability to do this. And I think that's why it's so important, not just you know, it would have been selfish of County Executive Pittman just to do it for Adirondo County, but to be willing to have his colleagues and around the state to do this, I think is the important, uh, argument, uh,
0: County Executive Pittman, you find that your, uh, your colleagues across the state are, uh, are enthusiastic about bringing this tool, uh, to the local level or, uh, are you, are you, are you encountering some friction?
2: It's a mix. It's a mix. When we when we introduced the bill and the way it stands right now, uh, it also, in addition to allowing counties to do that progressive brackets under three two, which is the max allowed by state law, um, it asked for the authority to go to three five for folks who are making the very top bracket in Maryland, which is taxable income over a half a million dollars a year uh, for for individuals or six hundred thousand. Uh, for for families that's that's 1.4% of the Anne Arundel taxpayers varies by county uh, there was some there was some resistance to that and we're probably not going to get that this year i think we're going to get the brackets below 32 uh, but but that was seen as a tax increase it was really interesting in mako because uh, the fact that they approved it this year with a focus on just local authority letting letting counties figure out how they want to do their taxes um, that got supported by Republicans. There are more Republican you know, members of MAKO than than there right. are Democrats. Uh, the Democrats represent more population. But um, so that was um, that was interesting to see. But I got to say that the Republicans in Anne Arundel County are licking their chops about this, saying, look, 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 Pittman's going to raise taxes. Pittman's going to raise taxes. Even if we lower them on ninety eight point six percent of the population who's not in that bracket, they're still going to say Pittman's raising taxes.
0: Yeah, it's it's mind-boggling to me that we, we you know it's it's just used as such a cudgel at the state level. I mean, we saw we saw we saw Governor Hogan talk about you know his whole message about taxes is 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 how he got elected, you know. But he's going to preside over uh, just as many just as big a tax increase as Martin O'Malley ever did. It looks like, and and you just can't even have an honest conversation. I wonder, Rashern how you uh, have been able to just, you know, look, we, we're all in these football pools, right? Or, 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 or and, and we're having really sophisticated conversations about what our halfback or our wide receiver can do. You know, why can't we just have a straightforward conversation about money in and money out?
1: You know, David, that is exactly it. And that, that's why I support what uh, County Executive Pittman's doing is uh, because we went through this in the county. Um, not around income tax, but around something that's really regressive, if you think about it, Um, property taxes. We clearly had a school system that was underfunded, not because we didn't have the revenues to put into the school system, it's because simply we had a tax cap that said, even though we know our schools are falling down, that our teachers are leaving because they're underpaid, and we have, you know, a pocket of revenue there, from very wealthy people in Prince George's County. We can't access it because everybody is based on your property tax and it's capped out. And so we went to the legislature just like uh, uh, County Executive Pittman's doing here and Governor O'Malley and the legislature did give us the authority to say, hey, just for schools, you have the authority as County Executive and County Council to raise your property taxes just for education. We got the authority. And so once that was done, I figured, okay, well, great. We have the authority. Clearly, everybody understands the need. Let's go do it. Immediately got pushed back. Not, and I'm not dealing with Republicans on my county council. They're all Democrats. I mean, one of the largest Democratic strongholds in the state. Everybody said no. And so, what I said to them was, you know what? You're saying no without having a conversation, what I call, you know, a big girl conversation that my daughters would say you know, put on your big girl panties and let's have a talk about what we're, what we're saying. And I introduced a bill to the council that raised our, um, property taxes by 15 cents. And it would be the effect of it would be the higher, the higher, you know, value homes would pay more. Those who are living in apartments and places like that, who are most in need would pay nothing. But Everybody was afraid of that conversation. How we got to it was we actually went around talking to every part of the state. I said, every part of the county. I said, you know, we're going to have a conversation of what we, what we, this is not a tax increase. This is an investment. If you want the value of your home to go up, you need a good public school system. If you want your children to go, if you want to stop paying for private school, you want a good school system. What are you willing to pay for that? What are you willing to invest? You're already investing. What are you willing to invest? We did that every part of the state, whether it was two people, three people, 200. We had that conversation. At the end of the day, the politicians, you know, were afraid to do it, afraid they would lose their jobs. What I said to them that I guarantee you, if we do this, we'll get pushback, but the end result will be what? You know, and we passed it. We didn't pass it at 15 cents. But for the first time in 30 years, Prince George's County passed the tax increase of 4 cents. 30 years had not been done. Every county executive tried it. They failed. We did it. We passed the Rubicon. And guess what happened? Two things of note. One, every council member who voted for it was reelected, overwhelmingly. <laughs> Two, teachers got, for the first time in, since in 10 years, a significant raise in their salary, so we held both of them. So you I'd get you get re-elected and you get to keep the campaign promise you were scared to even make, right? <laughs> exactly. And and the thing about it, and the reason I say that long story is a lot of times we're we're afraid before we have the conversation because we let the other side, you know, shape it. And I think in order to do this, even if this bill passes today, what I've said to county executive Pittman and to other county executives, um, Pretty much what Governor O'Malley said to me, he was like, you know, this is, this is a gutsy idea, but I'm behind you. You get your folks to do it. I'm willing to have a conversation with them about it. I think this conversation has to be done throughout, you know, throughout the state about why we're afraid to talk about investing, because that's what it was. The same right. way we talked about investing in education. Um, I said to the council members, I'll close with this. I said to the council members. At the beginning of my administration, I took $50 million out of our rainy day fund and I took it to invest in businesses in the county to show the business world that we were willing to bet on ourselves. If you didn't have a problem with me investing $50 million that we, you know, out of our rainy day fund in businesses, why are you afraid to invest four cents in our education system? Right. Right. Stuart, you have a
0: reaction to that?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, you know, you look at the big picture in Maryland um, and Governor Hogan did a pretty brilliant job even before he ran for office creating Change Maryland, which was sort of the, the big business folks doing their version of the Tea Party. Right. It was about taxes. It was all about taxes and it still is. So when you talk about, you know, Kerwin funding, you know, the education blueprint. Uh, they they go after everybody because they say it's a tax increase bill where in fact, it's all about an investment in education, but, but it's, it's um, it's an onslaught. And when I ran uh, the guy, I was running against Steve shoe. It was an incumbent. He got all the Republican candidates lined up at a table with a, um, a space for me with my name on it said I was invited. I actually hadn't even been invited, but they were all going to sign a pledge, a no new tax pledge. And, and, <laughs> So so I came in and and thank you, Rashern. I mean, I gotta I gotta I gotta give um, County Executive some credit because he he has taught me. I did go to his class and I continue to go and how to be a good County Executive. But I feel like he's become a mentor and and um, so we get along great. But but I want to thank you, Rashern, for for getting that authority from the state to be able to go through the tax cap on the property tax side because we used it we have a revenue cap that pushed our property tax rate in Anne rundle down from a dollar to 90 cents over time um, every time there was an election a county executive would lower taxes and that lowered how much you could raise them later so we went from 90 cents to 93 went through the revenue cap for education specifically in my first year and it was actually pretty popular it, it really does come down to people need to know what they're paying for and if you right. tell them exactly what they're paying for and they want it well then they should you know they should get it if they're willing to pay for it. So um, that's, that's where we are on this stuff. And, but, but the other part of it to me really is about, you know, where's the money gone? And if the money has trickled up instead of trickled down, like they said it would, you go where the money is, it's at the top.
0: Right. County executive Pittman, you know, my, my first introduction to you, uh, you know, I represent a lot of folks in the real estate industry. And I think right out of the gate there was some level setting on revenues, and 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 there, there was sort of a back and forth with the development community in Anne Arundel County. And I said to myself, "Oh, this is this sounds like one of those growth battles in Anne Arundel County, and that's where I'll see this county executive pop up." But shortly after that, I was proved incredibly wrong. I'll say because. You know, you, you just started acting like a county executive who's been around for two terms, or maybe even more, and you and you started popping up on state issues, talking that can, about that well, could be really a
2: negative thing to say, but I'll take it. I'll take it as a positive. <laughs> from a guy state, who used to
0: work, from a guy used to work it, from a, a nationally award recognized uh, county executive, at Jim Smith. It's a it's a big compliment, and yes. I, it, it's an unusual role for the Anne Arundel County executive to play. But really, I think a welcome one, because you are on the vanguard of so many of the issues that Maryland faces. I just want to say, as a watcher or an observer, you've been a really welcome, new, fresh voice in Maryland politics, even if I don't agree with you on some things. So thank yeah. you.
2: Well, yeah. you know, you, you mentioned the development issues and and. Uh, That has been the biggest challenge. And and I won't say I was running away from those issues into some of these other things. Um, What I'll say is that I think my challenge there in a county where everybody was saying, we got too much traffic, we got overcrowded schools, and we haven't paid for the infrastructure that we were supposed to create with all this development um, was to go back and say, Look, we got to figure out what kind of development we want to have. We got to have consistent rules that everybody follows. That's what the business people want. They want certainty. They want to. Pre- everybody wants to preserve natural beauty, nature, and open space. Or most of us do. And and at the same time, we got to do something about traffic and, and our transportation networks. And and we're in the middle of, of uh, plan 2040, our 20 year general development plan. And I think using you know good old Paris Glenn Denning smart growth principles, we've kind of got the the public. Really thinking in a smart way again about what kinds of development they support and what kinds they don't support, and and for the business folks, I think um, probably by the end of my term, they'll think maybe I wasn't such a threat. Maybe maybe they just needed to change the kind of development they do.
0: Yeah, that's my 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 career has all been in master plan development, and it's it's frustrating working in a master plan development world where you're having all these conversations with the community. And then you have sort of the, the standard, uh, county growth battles happening over here where you have a subdivision pop up or lot lines adjusted and, you know and you, you're sort of having two different conversations you're having a master plan conversation very thoughtful here for example in columbia and then if you go to the outer edges of howard county you know it's old-fashioned uh you know single Strong. family home yes. <laughs> yeah. but
1: but i think if, David, if i could just jump here real quick sure, I, please, I, I, please. I, I think you hit something on the mark about Uh, County Executive Pittman and and why we're talking about him a lot. And not just about this bill, but from the very beginning, I've been impressed with him because you think about and you've you've worked with proactive, you know, County Executive. Jim Smith was that way, which is why I talked to him when I became County Executive. Certainly, uh, Governor O'Malley and Mayor O'Malley was that way. Wayne Curry, Doug Duncan. The reason that folks talk about him is that They look at these issues, they come right in, and they start trying to figure out how they move the needle. And I think in this case, if you look at what, um, you know, I I, like I said, I've become a huge fan. One, because the first thing, uh, you know, uh, as county executive does, is is, uh, county executive introduced an ethics reform bill. I was like, I didn't think anybody was crazy enough to do that but me. But what it does (laughs) in the long run, what it does is, it puts the fact that for voters and for constituents, what they see is, okay, if he's willing to say, hey, I'm looking at reducing, getting money, you know, getting money out of politics. At the same time, I'm telling you, I'm going to, you know, look at how we deal with property taxes, how we deal with income tax. People start to trust you and say, okay, maybe this person is in it for the right reason." And I think that's the thing that is attracting folks to him, and and why they're playing a role that I think, you know, a lot of us wanted Anne Arundel County to play, and every county to play in the past. He's doing, but it's a matter of getting the trust of the constituents that you serve. That hey, if whether it's COVID, whether it's healthcare, I'm going to be honest with you. I've got it for the right reason. It's not, you know, a way for me, you know, to to, you know, get campaign contributions. It's really a way to move the needle. And finally, I'll say is that when I came in, you know, the business community was very shaky on me. They're like, oh, no, this guy comes from the nonprofit world. He's a goody two-shoes
0: pro-education guy.
1: He's, you know, he he knows nothing. You know, he's going to be bad for us. We've already closed out our businesses in Prince George's County. We're never coming back. You know, we're going elsewhere. By the end of it, and by talking to them and saying, no, well, you know, smart growth ideas. Um, by the end of it, I was like, no, you know, we. I want jobs. You create jobs. I want jobs for our constituents. I'm going to work with you, but here's how we're going to do it. By the end of the eight years, and you know, as Damon, we led the state in job creations. That's right. We had more commercial development happening in Prince George's County during the eight years I was county executive than we had had under Wayne Curry, who was Mr. Development. That's right. It's just our approach was funny how
0: transparency yes. and accountability works, right? Doesn't it?
1: Yes. It, it, hey, it I is. got a and tough I, question for both of you
0: guys. I promise you to keep you around in an hour. And I'm gonna start on uh I'll start on, on County <laughs> Executive Baker to give uh give County Executive Pittman a little time here. But you know, there's only been one uh we've got great local county executives uh, and commissioners all across Maryland. Uh, in the Democratic Party, real stars, but for some reason, uh, we can't seem to to take the state house. Uh, and I'm and I'm wondering, uh, Mr. Baker, as somebody who's put their whole heart into that effort, what what do you see on the horizon of the Maryland governorship from the view of a Democrat, Democratic stalwart county executive such as yourself? What what do you see on the horizon? What do you want to see? And then we'll let uh, County Executive Pittman, who's been uh, cornered into uh, questions about about you know, whether or not he's going to run for governor. But I, I would just love to hear, Mr. Baker, your your thoughts about, you know, how we can get it right this time from the Democratic side of the aisle or what we need to be doing to be competitive.
2: I'm gonna be really rude and interrupt you and answer a little bit of that question first because I want to hear what he says if I say it, which is, you know, we really do need a Governor Baker. What are you, wow. are you doing? Just you know, what have you
0: been doing, Rashern?
1: <laughs> you know, I was trying
0: to set him up with you and he just flipped it on me. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> well, let me let me uh I love county executive Fitbit. Um, but but I, I think. You know, for me, and and and, and th- this is why I think, Damon, you you posed the question the way you did. For me, what I'm looking for, you know, is a leader who is going to be honest with, you know, the constituents about what we need, what we can afford, and how we pay for it, um, and who believes that government can actually work for people. I know that's what I believe. And so when I, I'm attracted to people um, Like County Executive Pittman, because I see him being proactive, not just on this issue we're talking about today, but on education and on creating jobs for, um, you know, for for Marylanders. And for me, having gone around the state and talked to people, um, I think that's the conversation that we're losing. We're letting, at least with the Hogan administration, one, we're letting them define who we are before we define it. You know, when we get into a race, we also aren't having the conversations about um, what we need to do and how we can do it better, and examples of actually getting it done. And so, um, what I think we have to do, and one of the things that I am going to participate in, I guarantee you, in 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 the conversation going forward, is how do we get a Democrat in the state house, but not just a Democrat, but how do we get someone who's going to carry through and make sure, you know. For the three things that I look at, especially for my work working with county executives around the country, but also with traveling around the state, is you know, if COVID didn't do anything else, it highlighted our disparities around access to quality health care, not just in terms of a, a, a crisis, but ongoing. How do we proactively do that? How do we make sure that there's access to quality jobs and people can hold on to that? You know, I talked to people about us raising. You know, we raised our minimum wage in Prince George's County during the time of a downturn in the market, and the business community said, "We'll all leave." Instead, what we saw was a growth. It didn't happen that way because we did smart things around it. And so, um, I'm looking forward to participating in the conversation. And I will, you know, let you turn it over to County Executive Pittman and uh, and say to him, "What are you going to be doing in uh, 2022?" Yeah,
0: this is where we, County Executive Pittman, we just complimented you on your very comprehensive vision as a county executive. Now here's the downside. Now we got to ask you, you know, is that is that the kind of vision uh, we should expect to see in, in uh, government house?
2: Um, well, I hope the vision gets into government house, but it ain't going to be me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was quick. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest is, is um, you know, it did occur to me, it, yeah. it, you know, why not think about that? Um, and and uh, partly because I was really been frustrated with with this governor. I mean, people don't like to criticize him because he's popular and, and he's done some things right. Absolutely. Uh, and he's a whole lot better than than, you know, his party could have put forth in Maryland. But at the same time, you know, as somebody who's trying to manage growth, you know, looking at a, a developer in that seat and the way they have done, tra- he has done transportation, cutting the red line and, yes. you know, new Bay Bridge instead and, and sprawl on the eastern shore instead. And, and, um, uh, and, and, and the way the, the government has worked in this sort of anti-education, anti-tax thing um, has frustrated me. And, and so um, I've thought about that and I have thought about how he how he got where he got and, and that he did work from the outside. And I'm an old community organizer and, and uh, did that for a decade. And that's how I think. And so um, after thinking about whether I should be the governor, I thought, no, I should continue to be the, an organizer on the outside. So got together with some people and started a nonprofit. We call it Future Matters. It's futurematters.us. And in fact, we're doing a series of forums where we really dig into difficult issues. And one of them is Taxes, you know, and and uh, probably by the time this airs, this will have already happened. But um, um, County Executive Baker and I are both going to be in a forum uh, tomorrow night. In fact, a future forum for future matters. And we're going to be talking about this very topic, um, along with um, a delegate, uh, Julie Polakovich Carr, who's been introducing some some tax legislation um, and Ben Orr from um, Maryland Economic uh, uh, economic policy. And, and, folks uh, conversation. Conversation. Hmm? and folks can catch that conversation.
0: And folks can catch uh, that conversation after the fact on the website what's the website again?
2: Yeah, they can go to futurematters.us and it'll 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 be posted on there somewhere. Um but but yeah, I mean I I think um that I can participate in the the bigger conversations about state policy in that at that level through through an organization uh and still be county executive
0: well i'll leave you I'll leave you with this consideration. I don't know if it's sort of a lack of attention to the different regions in the state or if it is a fear of a very progressive legislature that doesn't quite fit with even some of the democratic uh majority values on some issues. I just want I, I just want you know it's Democrats that elected governor larry hogan and i feel like yeah. we need to have conversations with those kind of democrats to say hey how do we get you back what does it take you, you know, know i think, don't know if
1: that's the region or i don't know if that's the but, legislature but i'd love to hear you your know, thoughts before i but, let you guys you know go. I, I i just real quick you know having gone through it i think what happens is um you know we don't have the conversation about wh- how the real world works one of the things about being a county executive that, that County Executive Pittman knows and I know is that at the end of the day, you have to deliver on a budget. You have a limited amount of resources. There are things you can do and there are things you can't do. And so when you, especially during a primary, uh, when you promise a lot of stuff that's actually impossible and people know it's impossible, what they do is they turn to who looks reasonable. you know. And so you get into... Um, you know the general election and what happens is folks say well you know i i i don't want you know i want a quality education but what does that mean what are we getting for the for the taxes that we're putting into it we never have that conversation okay. and i will take onus as one of the people who ran that you know in a in an election you don't really you know the time to tell people about what you believe in is not in the 2 months that you're about to be you know, do the primary, you have to go out there, sit down with people just like this tax issue we're talking about and tell them why, why is it important and how this makes sense and how you're running the rest of the government, you know? And so I think Hogan benefited from that and saying, Hey, trust me with, maybe it was around down, trust me with your resources and I won't go off the rails. That's
2: right. No, I, One of the things that that I think happened and it's frustrated me is that there's we've got this urban rural divide and it's the same. It's happening all over the country. But but, um, you know, I'm farm boy. I'm I've been on the board of our Anne Arundel County Farm Bureau for a long time and and um, and, you know, and run a business. And um, it's frustrated me that rural voters, even though, you know, 75 percent of them, according to polls, support higher tax rates for higher income people and agree with rural and urban voters on a lot of things and used to be democrats back in the day almost all of them because the democrats were doing more for agriculture uh, now um that's changed and and um uh, somehow governor hogan who who's hardly a a rural person you know he's he's a developer um got endorsed by farm bureau and got you know got in this position where O'Malley's war on rural Maryland was the alternative. And that was a, you know, that was a theme that the Republican party created when in fact O'Malley did a lot for agriculture too. He didn't get credit for it, but, but he did. And, and um, so that to me has been frustrating. And um, that was, that was the one, one thing that made me think, well, maybe I should be running for governor because I actually know how to go out into the countryside and talk to people. Uh, But Maybe um, we
0: need to force you to think about it again right now. Just take a little no, time. We're not, not pressing you.
2: I got you know I got a lot of work to do here in <laughs> I
0: think my but, staff would kill
2: me too because they're
1: doing that. all
0: right in the and Baker primary. That's not
1: bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I I think it, it's a great voice. One of the things I will say in um, you know, that I learned uh, from this, and, and and if I if I think about it, and 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 ran again, I would definitely do it, do it uh, do it differently. I think when we think about you know, uh, county executive Pittman, in his run for county executive, he really spent time in the community. You know, he spent time with every walk of voter. Um, if you think about, you know I think about when I ran for county executive, um, the benefit was, you know, when I was not in office is really going around, sitting down and having a conversation, a long conversation with constituents about what I cared about, all varieties. You know, what I like to say about Prince George's County is we're urban, suburban, and rural, but actually getting the chance to sit down with people and do that. And so if you think about what Hogan did, was he spent a year, you know, not doing anything, but going to every part of the state And basically not really talking about policies, but saying, hey, I'm not a bad guy. That's right. Tone is
0: so big. I think Democrats, we we sort of get get right to the policy. And it's like, man, we Biden does a nice job on tone, shows you like what tone means, you know. So uh, it's it's so great to have you two on this format because you get a sense of the possibility of of a tone versus a just a sound bite that they try to box you into. So I think this fun. would be a
1: good team to go around the state.
0: <laughs> I, I think so too. I think so too. <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the executive in trouble with his staff. Hey but I'm trying to make sure you build a nice uh, practice there Richard so I don't want you to you know you gotta you gotta spread it around a little bit. <laughs> Mr. County Executive Pittman, thank you for all you're doing in Anne Arundel County. You got any final words for us?
2: No, I, I was just thinking about how we said we were going to do 30 minutes. And when you get a couple of politicians on, you know, talking, it just goes on and on and on and on. So I think we've said
0: enough, but it's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Mr. County Executives. Plural, it's been great to have you on, Center Merrill, and we look forward to having you again. Thank
1: you. All
0: right, I think we're done, guys. Thank you so much. You got great. great. That's <laughs> nice, great. Enjoy it. Thanks for sure. Great to see you guys.